This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome into the Ingles Studio, ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer, he's Jeremy Green, and this hour of the program brought to you, as always, by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. It's NBA playoff time, Jeremy. Not yet. (laughs) The playoffs don't really start until the weekend. Come on, the play-in games count. You can't continue to, to stand on this, oh, because it's a play-in game. It doesn't count. Of course it counts. This is the playoff format. <clears throat> Embrace it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. I, I, this is one of those shields that I'm willing to die on. Come on. Come on. Follow the path with me here. NCAA tournament. First four games count as... Never watched one. And it doesn't matter if you watched it. It still counts. As a playoff win. When you fill out your bracket, when you get your bracket and you submit it, do you pick those games? Fair. It's very fair. There you go. Uh, We get it. Very fair. I can't wait to see what the number on this is. Oh, it's... I want it to come in and be a point zero something. 417 people nationwide watch this game. (laughs) No, that's the kind of ratings FCS football gets. We'll get into that later on in the program as well. Uh, FCS play in a 2021 spring season this year. And um, I got an article here from CBS. And I'm going to give him credit. Barrett Sally wrote the article, Why the FCS should continue playing in the spring. Oh, because interest was up. Oh, was it really? Because the eyeballs don't tell us that it was. Uh, we got boxing news to get into today as well. The Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight may happen sooner than we thought. Or and it might not. That Anthony Joshua fight may have to be put off until later this year. But the number one thing in sports today is the NBA playoffs. Like it or not... The play-in game is the biggest thing going right now. And tonight, good news for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Indiana's playing two guys that probably 99.9% of NBA fans don't know who they are. Hit that bell. <laughs> Karis LeVert, he's in the uh, COVID protocols. He's, he's in the league's protocols, and he's not going to be able to play tonight. So the Hornets were going in. I you know they're the underdog. I think they're still the underdog, despite the fact Indiana's a two point favorite as of right now. Two point. I favorite. won't be shocked as much as that line has moved to Charlotte's the favorite by the time this game tips. It almost. I think it dropped a full point immediately Man, when the news came out. It dropped a point and a half within the first hour. Yeah, as soon as Karis LeVert was out, yeah. because that means you're going to be re- you're going to be relying on Dougie buckets, old Doug McDermott, <laughs> and O'Shea Brissett and Hot. Edmund Sumner. Oh my Woo-hoo! gosh! You just, but but Let look at these the good times roll. Look at these two teams tonight at six thirty on TNT. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets against the Indiana Pacers. And look at the difference between these two teams. I honestly feel like the Charlotte Hornets have something. They've got something to build on for the future. I don't feel the same way about Indiana. 
And I feel like that train's derailing. Like, have you been have you been following this Nate Bjorkgren thing? Oh, it's a train wreck. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> Is it just because of his gruff coaching style that the players aren't buying in, or has there been an actual tangible thing that they're pointing to and well, saying he can't well. run this team? Well, they haven't played well. Well, I get that. But and I this mean, is a team that actually I mean, had the, pretty lofty aspirations. Right. But, I mean, was this like, I mean, are they upset with Nate Bjorkgren because, I don't know, he's he, he's got a loud mouth or something, or he's been talking smack about the players behind closed doors, or... He's a bit of an aggressive guy. Okay. He's a bit of an aggressive guy. Which doesn't really go over well in today's NBA. No, it does not. And we all know this. And the Indiana Pacers should have known this. When they brought him in. Maybe they were unaware that that was going to be his coaching style. But I have a feeling you probably do that kind of back work, right? Oh, Before you make a coaching. I'm right. It just just makes completely perfect sense. But the good thing for the Charlotte Hornets is that tonight, Karis LeVert is in the protocols. He's not going to be playing tonight. We've got Miles Bridges in the protocol as well. Gordon Hayward, they announced last night uh, that he is not going to play. still dealing with with the sprained foot. But I think the Charlotte Hornets team can win this game. Here's what bothers me. Okay. This is a team in in, in, in Indiana mm-hmm. that has lost eight of their last 13 games. Yep. And they're the hotter of the two teams coming into this. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I cannot stand mediocrity being rewarded. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I, I don't really like the seventh playoff team in, in the NFL. Right. I, and I really don't like this. This it's just a hard sell, mm-hmm. and I mean, am I happy that the Hornets are getting a de facto playoff game? Yes. yes, I'll be much happier if they win, and then they get what can closer be ascertained as a pseudo playoff game. Mm-hmm. I just I can't get behind this idea, right. and I hope this is that this is the year that we just no. No, 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 no. No more of this. I've had a lot of issues with the NBA playoffs. Right. At no point has it ever been. Man, there's not enough games. I wish no. they would play more. They should play more games. My my biggest uh, qualm with the with the NBA playoffs is has been since they flipped the first round from five games to seven games. You don't need it. You don't I always need said the first games. round should be three games. The second round should be five. Then you get in the seven games. Here. Three's a little short, but not really. It's really not because <laughs> if you played it that way, the better team would come out and just shellac whoever they're playing twice. Yeah. I guarantee there wouldn't be load management on those nights. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess I just miss the old days, like in the in the 80s and 90s, when we have five-game series to begin the to begin the playoffs. The NBA has, has somehow found its way into the same discussion that I've always had about Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. in that they have a problem, and the best analogy that I can give is there's a fire in the bathroom, and you change the filter in the ice maker in the refrigerator. <laughs> and that's just what they keep doing. Right. It's like you have a problem and you don't address it. So you've got you've got this ridiculously long season. Mm-hmm. It was cut down 10 games because you've had to jam everything into uh, a much more, smaller time frame because of what happened last year. And by the way, nobody missed those 10 games. No. No, they didn't. You play everybody in your conference twice. You play everybody in the other conference once. Mm-hmm. Done. But I think that it was the play in not the not the sop to to the league saying we're going to cut the season by 10 games but you know what we'll give you a chance to get in the playoffs. I mean, was this not just a one-time deal? I don't know. 
I thought that last year, mm-hmm. and then you did it this year. Well, because you had another shortened season. So with By a full games. with a full eighty two game season next year, I think the league is in a position to go. You know what? We're just not going to do that anymore. Things are back to normal. We don't have to do that. I'll be really honest with you. This was a seventy two game season. You've got two teams that made this play and that have thirty three wins, and one that has thirty four. Mm-hmm. That would we really have been upset? I mean, would Memphis have had a qualm at? I mean, they're four games over five hundred. Would they have had a qualm? Sure. But if you had just let this go, you would have the Celtics playing the Nets, which would be an entertaining series. Mm-hmm. The Hot Wizards going up against the 76ers, which would have been fine. Mm-hmm. The Jazz against the Warriors and the Lakers against the Suns. Speaking of that, I can't not say this. If it's true that Monty Williams won Coach of the Year. Yes, he did. They should never give that award out again. Why? Uh, Tom Thibodeau's the right call. By a lot. It's not even close. I agree with you. They were a borderline G League team. It's virtually the exact same roster. The Knicks? Yes. yes. And I'm under, and I understand the Suns are good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the Suns were good at the end of last year, too. Mm-hmm. The Knicks were a dumpster fire for a decade. Tom Thibodeau made them relevant. And that's the biggest media market in the world. Right. Uh, sorry, that does matter. If you and look, I really like Monty Williams. I I get it, good story, all those things. You got this wrong. I feel like this was a cumulative award rather than being coach of just this year. This was more of a cumulative award where the because this was the coaches that voted on it. Uh huh. This was the coaches oh, coaches association coach of the year. Monty Williams was the coach of the year, but I feel like. They're looking at it. Monty Williams took over a team that was what were they like? They were twenty six and thirty nine in his nine, first year. Nineteen and sixty three when he took over. They were nineteen and sixty three last year. They improved by fifteen or some odd games. Fact they did fiction. it again this year. Okay, fact or fiction? Mm-hmm. Who has more to do with the Phoenix Suns being the two seed out west? Monty Williams. Or Chris Paul. Chris Paul. There you go. I tried to do it before you finished yeah, the sentence. There you go. Because <laughs> uh, it's obvious. It's, it's Chris Paul. It's insanely obvious. I agree. And see, to me, it's disingenuous to say, oh, this is a cumulative award. You added a 47-time All-Star. That's a little disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Who'd Tom Thibodeau get? Derrick Rose? Right. Emmanuel Quickly, who, yes, I do like, and that was a very good draft pick, but guess who made the pick? Mm-hmm. It was Leon Rose and, and Tom Thibodeau and that whole front office triumvirate. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau's the right call. I saw that and immediately went, no, you're doing that wrong. I mean, that's I think that's the way this is going to shake out. When it comes to the media to pick a coach of the year, it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. It should be. Mm-hmm. He would have my vote, and I wouldn't even think about it. And I love Monty Williams. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, when I told our, uh, our, our, New York, our resident New York Knicks fan in the sportsocracy, uh, check us out every weekday morning at 9 a.m. in the sportsocracy in the Wicked Weed studio on YouTube, uh, Brian Haynes, he... He was not happy. And he shouldn't be. It was immediate. Who do you think won Coach of the Year with the coaches voting? And he went, Tom Thibodeau. He was like, nope. And he said, then they did, they did it wrong. They did it wrong. And he was right. They did do it wrong. I thought it was funny, too. I hope that the others receiving votes, I hope it's not in the, in the order that they listed it in the story. He said, among those also receiving votes, Washington Scott Brooks, Denver's Michael Malone, Atlanta's Nate McMillan, 
Philadelphia's Doc Rivers, Utah's Quinn Snyder, and New York's Tom Thibodeau. Please tell me he wasn't the last one. Please tell me he wasn't the no, guy that got the fewest alpha- votes. That's in alphabetical order. Was it? I didn't even it. notice. <laughs> yeah, that's in alphabetical order by their last name from the way you just said it. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure this wasn't like in the order of which they received votes. You're trying to tell me that ever, all those other guys got more votes than Tom Thibodeau, who should be the coach of the year? I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a Nuggets fan. If you voted for Mike Malone, you did it wrong. And I love the guy, and I think he's done a great job. You did it wrong. Well, I mean, Nikola Jokic, he gets all the credit. Uh, bingo. First guy to, I can't remember exactly how the stat went. First guy to ever record a season where he averaged 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and shot over 55%. Wow. First time in NBA history it's ever happened. Yeah. There's no doubt to me he's the MVP. Yeah, the line moved again. He's minus 15,000 now. Wow. You have to spend $15,000 to win 100. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. No. No. But he's winning the MVP as very yes. much he should. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, there'll be others getting votes. That's the thing you should be you should be wagering on. There should not be a wager on the actual award. It should be a wager on who finishes Second, third, fourth, or fifth. If your ballot's not Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Steph Curry, in some order that starts with Nikola and ends with Embiid, you did it wrong. Okay. It's it's Jokic, Curry. Is that Embiid. all? You, is, is that all they get? You only get three. three votes. Yeah, you get three. You get a first place, second place, third place. Poor Julius Randle. He wouldn't really, have been in the top five anyway. I really wanted to vote for him. Uh, he I, wouldn't I, have been in the top five anyway. I, and now, granted, he deserves a lot of credit. You don't think so? You don't no. think somebody would have voted him fifth on that list if it was like the high school oh, voting? you don't even. If you want to go back and look at how ridiculous that vote is, it, they'll tell you every guy that got a vote. Right. And some of them are insane. I would not be surprised if some New York media still put him in like third place votes for Julius Randle. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they will. The, anytime that the media is allowed to vote on things, and we're members of that, yep. it almost always turns into a regional popularity mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. Got to get the Heisman my guy's name trophy. out there. Yeah, there's always a guy that winds up in the top six to eight of the Heisman Trophy balloting because he's the number one guy out west, and every one of those voters votes for them. Right. The MVP vote, you're you are correct. I think you I think you're spot on on the three that need to be on every ballot. But I'm pretty sure there will be some there there will be some fudging of the numbers. They'll try to get Julius Randle in there just so his name gets mentioned with all the other MVPs. Uh, I think I would. Uh, I think I would. I don't know. I think I'd have to throw a vote Russell Westbrook's way, too. Stop that. Come on. The guy's averaged a triple-double again. Again. And again, I don't care. I, again, do not care that he averaged a (laughs) triple-double. Come on, man. Since they, you know, since, what, the last two months of the season, it's been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. All right, fun game. Let's say they somehow beat Boston tonight. They won't. Let's just say that happens. I don't know about that. You're wrong. Just for... Just for giggles. Fun. Yeah. They win tonight. They're the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. All right, there's 48 minutes in the NBA game. How many minutes will it take before you know that the Nets are going to sweep them? Oh, it's going to take a lot because I don't think they're going to sweep them. Oh, it'd take four minutes. They will beat them savagely. You think so? Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving against Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Are they all going to play? 
Of course they're all going to play for playoffs. Okay. I mean, Kyrie Irving might choose not to because he's just, he's, uh, he needs another personal day. I've stopped even trying to figure him out. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's Kevin Durant. I'll be honest with you. Kevin Durant by himself with Joe Harris and the other pieces on the team. Yeah. That's fine. They'd still beat them in four. That's not an MVP level season. I'll be honest with you. That's why I wouldn't vote for Curry. Yeah. Curry's been great. Okay, cool. You're the eight seed out West. Mm -hmm. Irrelevant to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Chris Paul would on, be on my MVP list as he well. He would be up there for me. Yeah. He, I would vote for him before I'd vote for Steph. Not because he's been better, but because he's been better on a team that's actually relevant. Right. Because, I mean, MVPs come from winning teams. This is how it works. Right? Who, are the last, uh, who was the last guy to get MVP who was on a team that was six seed or lower? You know the answer to this. The last guy to win the MVP. last guy to win the NBA MVP who was on a team that was seated sixth or lo- or or lower in the playoffs. It had to be either Harden or Westbrook. Dang, oh, it's one of those. Westbrook. Two. Yeah, that's what. I, that's yeah. who I wanted to say Westbrook. it was, but I thought you were leading me down no. a Knicks path for no. some reason. No, it was Westbrook when he averaged a triple double in whatever year that was, twenty sixteen or what, whatever it was, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They ended up being the sixth seed in the playoffs and didn't do anything. But it was because he was the first guy since Oscar Robertson to average a triple-double that he ended up getting MVP that year. And I think I heard last night somebody was talking about when Nikola Jokic wins, they were saying if he wins. I think it's a a foregone conclusion. It's 100% a foregone conclusion. When Nikola Jokic wins the MVP this year... um, He'll be one of only a handful of guys to win the MVP like in the modern era where their teams weren't one or two in the playoffs. And Russell Westbrook falls into that category as well. I mean, winning teams, the MVP usually comes from it. It's almost a guarantee. And the fact that Denver was able to hang on to the three seed in the West Despite the fact that I think they were the five, weren't they, when Jamal Murray went out? Oh, yeah, they actually came up <laughs> they a couple actually spots. came up. I didn't expect that. I figured they'd hold serve, no doubt. It's oh, so much fun. And now we got the play-in games tonight. Charlotte Hornets, Indiana Pacers tonight at 6.30. You also got Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and the Washington Wizards taking on the Boston Celtics in the 9 o'clock game tonight. Uh, does Boston really want it, though? That's the question. Does Boston really want it? There apparently are rumors that they're not really interested in winning this game. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com You're in the sports tank. Gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. 
Here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and we've got the NBA play-in games tonight. Well, the Eastern Conference games tonight, Western Conference games are coming up tomorrow. We've got the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers kicking things off in the play-in tonight at 6.30. The game's going to be on TNT. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, we got the uh, news earlier today that Karis LeVert going to miss this game because he's in the COVID protocols. And so the Hornets now have a leg up in this series. And if you are a, uh, if you're, if you're a gambling man or woman, they're still not favored in the game as of this moment. It's uh, down to two, I'm showing on my screen here. Pacers minus two. It's at one and a half. It's at one and a half. Okay, so Consensus it continues. is at one and a half. You can get it higher than that. And it continues to, uh, continues to fall here. Nine o'clock tonight, we'll have the Boston Celtics taking on the Washington Wizards. Obviously, we all know how hot everything has turned around for the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, they put together a hot stretch here. Um you know, they had like, what, 17 wins or something two months ago and then ended up just going on a tear. Russell Westbrook getting a triple-double every night. I mean, they had a great end of the season. Mm-hmm. They're still not a threat to anybody. <laughs> They're not a threat to Brooklyn. They're not a threat to Philly. No. I mean, I think they could win a game I if they get don't. in a series with the Brooklyn Nets. Remember, I the don't. Brooklyn Nets don't defend well. They rely on outscoring their opponents. And which is pretty much what Washington does as well. They finished the season seventeen and six. A lot of those wins were against Orlando, Sacramento, Detroit, Oklahoma City, a hundred and six times. Uh huh. Cleveland. This is one of those times that I'm looking at it, going, "You're overthinking this aggressively." I'm going to pick this game in green on green. Right. I'll tell you why. You're overthinking this. <laughs> the Boston Celtics uh, find themselves in this uh, in this play-in. I don't think at the beginning of the season I, I would have predicted this. Uh, I definitely would have had Boston somewhere in that 4-5 to five range where they've been for the last, oh, I don't know, since Brad Stevens arrived. And now they find themselves in this play-in tournament. And I couldn't believe it when I heard it yesterday, but apparently Bill Simmons, the, you know, the Boston guy... The Celtics guy said on his podcast that there is a feeling within the building with the Boston Celtics that nobody wants to win. They don't want this game. They want this season and to end because, it's, right. it, because it has not been good. Right. They don't want this game. They don't want the next game that they made. He was hinting at maybe they just go in on in coast mode, lose tonight, lose tomorrow night or, or uh, Thursday night. And then be done with it. Be done with the season. I'm going to tell you a stat that will blow your mind. Okay. Do you know the Boston Celtics have not played one game all year, not one, where they were more or where they were more than five games over or under 500. They have been the definition of average. Really? They got to five games over 500 one time. Other than that, it's been, I mean, it's, they're so inconsistent. They are inconsistent, but you look at this team and you, and, and you have to think to yourself, how? How are they so inconsistent? Their team is chock full of talent. Yeah, but it's been just a laundry list of guys getting hurt True. or stuck in protocols. or Then Jalen, now Jalen Brown's, Brown's gone. gone right. 
it's just been this revolving. And, and I heard what Bill Simmons said, mm-hmm. and I did not quite take it the same way that everybody else did. Okay. I think what he was saying is, they're just ready for this to be over. They know they're not a title contender. Right. It's just been it's been a lot of games. They were in the bubble last year. They, they've done all that, and they're just ready for it to be done. Mm-hmm. That's why I think they're going to beat Washington tonight. And then they're going to get absolutely smoked by the, <laughs> by the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> That's the only way you can put it. There is no nice way to say that. I, I mean, nothing would make me happier than they show up and the talent comes together and they beat Brooklyn in the first round. Right. That would be the, the, the ultimate way the first round could go for me. Right. Not going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, I have to address this because there's been so many rumors about this. Mm-hmm. There is no shot Brad Stevens is not the head coach of this team. Stop it. Stop it. No shot. He gets no fired. No shot. Despite, None. Despite the fact that they were incredibly mediocre this year. Zero. There is zero chance he gets fired. If you don't believe me, listen to Adrian Wojnarowski, who said the exact same thing. Okay. I've said it for as long as I could remember, solely because there have been multiple college jobs that if Brad Stevens had any inkling mm-hmm. that he was on the hot seat or if things go, whatever, he'd be gone. He's not. He didn't even listen. Indiana offered him $400 gajillion. Whether he wants to admit that or not, it's true. Right. They were ready to back up the Briggs truck. And then he answered it in semantics of, well, they never offered me that. Yeah, because you wouldn't take the phone call. Yeah. What was that? You knew what mi- they were going to say. It was $100 million? It was $10 million a year. Yeah. It was, eight at, it was either 7 at 70 or 8 at 80. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one. It was a lot. He wouldn't even take the phone call. Right. He knew what they were going to say. Oh, yeah. Didn't uh, Carolina never even addressed it. No, he's been expecting not. that phone call for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. If he thought there was any chance that he did not coach the Boston Celtics next year, he'd already be gone. He's I, not, and he will be. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think – I don't know. I honestly don't know. He's been in Boston for how long now? It's longer than you want to believe. Eight years. This is his eighth season in Boston. And what do they have to show for it? Nothing. They have a lot of early exits in the playoffs to show for it. That team was terrible when he took it over. Of course it was. And we all, I think everybody understands that. I mean, they were, they were awful his first year, and then they turned it around into a 500 record the next season. And then they've been churning out. Nearly 50 wins every year. I'd be shocked if you remembered virtually any guy off that team. Off the original Boston mm-hmm. Celtics team? No. The, the first team he had? Not a chance. Because that was after, wasn't that just shortly after the big three left? The leading scorer on that team was Jeff Green, if that tells you anything. <laughs> right. Rajon Rondo was, was the star of that Yeah, team. hot. With Avery Bradley and Jordan Crawford and Brandon Bass. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a bad roster. But they and have, now they he's have accumu- consistently good. Right. right. I mean, they have accumulated talent over the years, and this is a team that you just you expect a lot from. And they haven't paid it off. See, I disagree with you. I think they have paid it off. Really? Getting the three, four, five seed every year in the playoffs and doing nothing with it is Boston basketball. Since, since the Eastern Conference Finals has not happened yet, they've been in it three of the last four years. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's worth talking about. Okay. I, I think that's. I think there's a merit to that. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's no risk of Brad Stevens whatsoever. <laughs> okay. 
Stop the craziness. It, it, and it is. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, I don't think there could be too many. There could there could not be anything cooler than this should it come to fruition in the 2021 NFL season. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, said yesterday that he wants an actual lion on the sidelines. He's talking about wanting to put this thing on a big chain on a leash, like he's uh, you know I don't know like Scarface. Remember Scarface got the tiger. <laughs> He wants to have an actual lion on the sidelines. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But his quote to me is hilarious. He says he doesn't know that he doesn't know if PETA is going to allow that kind of a thing to happen. He said at some point, I mean, I might lose an arm, but there again, that's going to prove to everybody. Basically, I'm I'm summing this up how badass that would be. To have a head coach with, uh, without an arm to go, look, we've got a wild animal on our sidelines. We're chewing kneecaps and tearing arms off. This is a team that's going to take us to the future. <laughs> Dan Campbell is an absolute crazy person, and I, I love it. A legit pet lion on a, quote, big-ass chain. That's what he wants. I, has, I said this morning in the sportsocracy, there are very few things in this life that I want more than to get on a boat with Dan Campbell, Rob Gronkowski, and Pat McAfee go 25 miles out in the ocean and just house beers uh, with uh, the lion. I'm, I'm totally fine if the lion comes with us. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that would be fun, yeah. too. Yeah. He said he'd like to have the lion at practice, too, so that when guys screw up, he's going to have the lion trained to go and take a dump on them when they're doing bad. That, that That's actually a thing he said. That's actually a direct quote. He says, uh, we literally just walk around the building, go out to practice on seven on seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking on command. You can train him. Like if one of your groups isn't doing well, you can take him over to their section and just have him take a dump where they are and, and bring him on back. <laughs> that's the head coach of the detroit lions talking and this is yeah and this is why a lot of people in the media by the way don't like dan campbell oh you don't say yeah uh, uh, that's the, not something that uh that, that nfl people look at and go yeah that's good it's no i'm not talking about the nfl i'm talking about in detroit like i would think of all places detroit would be able to you know because it's a joke embrace this kind of a you know i get it he, and nobody expects him to go out and get a lion and actually do this. But what I'm saying is, I think you're, I think you're using the word nobody wrong. I think a lot of people <laughs> expect him to go get a lion. <laughs> I think John Gruden fully plans on being in Detroit and going. That guy's got a lion, man. Oh no, this is this is this that's, is not up to NFL uh, standards. This is you know the Detroit pre- Free Press has been hammering on Dan Campbell since he got hired. Got a big cat on the sideline, man. It's an aggressive cat over there. <laughs> it better not be an aggressive cat, or Dan Campbell will end up with uh, without an arm. I want to, and, and I do like him. It's just, just stop, just stop doing all of those things. If he had just said, "I want a lion," yeah, I would have been like, "Ha, that's funny," and then I would have moved on. Uh-huh. It was the rest of the story oh, yeah. as you were telling it to me. It's like. He could have stopped oh, at yeah. any point. No, I'm going to train my lion to poo on the field where you know reminds me of screwing up in practice. Th- there's only really been one coach that this really reminds me of. Okay. It's Jerry Glanville. Yeah. Because Jerry Glanville was a stark, raving, crazy person. Yeah. That's it. 
Name me another coach since then that has ever reminded you of this. Rex Ryan. No, Rex put his best foot forward, but he was not. <laughs> he was. He was, it wasn't his feet. Yeah, look, look. I, I mean, I got news for you. I pulled for the Jets during that time, so I'm not gonna lie. I had to answer some questions that I didn't really want to. Yeah, learned some things too, didn't but, you? Good little foot soldier, man. <laughs> My story's about cats too. Oddly enough, firefighters in Florida were called to rescue a cat. Okay, it was not in a tree. It had not gotten stuck in a crawl space. Okay, but it had gotten stuck. In the undercarriage of a car owned by New York Giants cornerback Isaac Yedem. That in and of itself would be bad Mm -hmm. until you find out what I'm getting ready to say. Rescue workers responded to Yedem's house Sunday morning, according to a Facebook post by the Fort Lauderdale Fire Department. Firefighters jacked up his Maserati and partially disassembled the car to reach the small tabby, which was stuck. Above the rear differential. That's not where I thought you were going with that. The cat did not appear to be injured. They had to disassemble his $400,000 car to get this cat. <laughs> Look, you know, uh, I, I, I understand we all love animals and things. How in the world does a cat get into your $400,000 car? I mean, it has happened before. Park it in a garage. Yeah. You have a $400,000 car. Put a tarp on it. Do something. <laughs> well, put the tarp on it. That wouldn't keep the cat. Is from that on up the Carfax? Do, do you have to call Carfax and say they had to disassemble my car <laughs> like a Lego tower <laughs> because buttons got into the the engine block? Uh, I, I I read this story. Have you, ever, have you ever done that? By the way, have you have you ever had a cat? No. In your, uh, you, in your literally, engine? you can stop right there. Yeah. Have you ever had a cat? I am horribly allergic to cats <laughs> i i did not own the cat but that did happen to me one time a cat had crawled up into i used to drive an 86 f-150 and that if you've ever it lifted the hood on one of those babies you know how spacious it is inside that uh inside the hood i started the car and there was a cat asleep on the engine oh no and as i revved it up it went I was like, what is that? I jumped out of the car and all of a sudden I just seen a cat just spark right underneath it. And it's, I mean, and, and thinking back on it now, I think his tail was smoking, but maybe I added that for effect later. That was the thing. It was you just very, added that part of the story. Very, it was very cartoony looking. Just this cat just pound, you know, bounding off after I had started the car with the cat on the engine. Yeah. Here's, here's Poor my cat. interaction with cats. I the last time I went to a movie theater was to see I want to say it was the Joker. Okay. Somebody behind me had cat hair on their on their jacket. Oh no. I had to leave. Mm-hmm. That's how allergic to cats I am. Like I literally have to call people from my social circle that have really fluffy cats because it will blow my face up. Huh. It's awful. Interesting. I dated a girl with a cat one time. I was like, I, you know, this is fun, but it's not. It's not this fun. It's not that I, fun. I, I have to. I, I have to go now <laughs> because your cat is ruining my life. Uh-huh. I've always been a dog person. You anyway, you don't like cats. All right, you're allergic to cats. Grossly allergic cats. to cats. Yes, interesting. I've always wondered if that worked with lions and tigers too. I'm sure it does. I mean, I mean do they have like the same one kind of cat? I mean, do they have the same dander? I mean, I would imagine that it's bigger. I. 
There's more of it. That ruins my dream of one day being a crazy person with a tiger. Mm, yeah, I think Joe Exotic beat you to it. Oh, no, I don't want to be that crazy. We, I was going to say, when you get tigers, you've seen what happens later. Uh, first you get the tiger, Never then you go to prison. Well. Never ends well. <laughs> that does seem, there seems to be a causation between buys cat ends up in jail. Yes. Because either you already deserve to go to prison for something that you have done in the, you know, in the, in the terms of, you know, Scarface, or you just go so crazy that your cats take over your life and then you try to have somebody murdered. Yeah, last if one if I learned a series of things last year uh, during the year of 2020, it was re- it was a three it was a three step approach. Mm-hmm. One, it's alarming how many people do not understand basic civics. Yeah. Two, if you put it on television, people will watch it. Uh huh. Three, it is alarming how many people own tigers. Like really alarming how many people own tigers. Checking the box on all of them. Way to go. Because I'm right there with you. That's what I learned last year. Although it's not I really. also learned if you put me in my house for three months, I will borderline lose my mind within about six <laughs> weeks. Uh, and if you force Tank to come to your house every day, he will clean it eventually. Yes, and yeah. when he does it, it will make me want to strangle him with my bare hands. <laughs> but then you get to take the credit with the wife. Which I did. Exactly. A bunch of times. Uh, just because you put it on television, though, it does not always mean that somebody's going to watch it. Uh, or that a lot of people are going to watch it. Memphis Grizzlies, uh, San Antonio Spurs tomorrow <laughs> night. That will bear that out. It very well could. I don't I don't think Charlotte, Indiana is going to be pulling a big number tonight. I, we know that locally it's going to do a number. Oh, oh, I want to... I want to know something, but I doubt you just keep talking. I I doubt that it's going to do any big number tonight for the NBA. However, we will all be watching at six 30 tonight on TNT for the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers. And yes, it counts as a playoff win. If we win, uh, the FCS spring football season, hold on. I I have to, before you get down that rabbit hole, I didn't think you would get there that quickly. There is an entire possibility that, if the two options I had, because this game is happening at the same time as, as Spurs Grizzlies, okay. if you told me that I had two options of what to watch tomorrow night, I could either watch Grizzly Spurs mm-hmm. or Cleveland Indians at the LA Angels. You would watch that first. I would literally shoot my television and I would start drawing pictures in a notebook and I cannot draw at all. I would draw, draw stick figure drawings, and I would yeah. walk like I would tell my own story to my wife. Like this is this is Bob. Be like Bob, right? Bob's doing stuff. That would I would rather do that than watch either one of those. I, I already have my plans tomorrow night during the Spurs Grizzlies game. I, I have to wash wa- my hair. I will be watching something else. Yeah, I have to wash the mullet. Oh, I'll be watching game two of the Hurricanes and the Predators. I actually watched the, the majority of that game last night, and. We got to say it. Hats off to the to the Hurricanes for getting the win, uh, five to two over the uh, Nashville Nashville Predators. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like hockey more than I want to admit. It's a really it, it was a really fun game to watch, and and it was only because, and maybe it's because the Nashville Predators just barely snuck into the playoffs, and the Hurricanes are a pretty good team, but they were the aggressor the entire night, and so I could say, hey, my hometown team is kicking some tail in the playoffs right now, because I didn't think I was going to have a chance to say that about my Hornets, honestly, but tonight, we might get to see it. Anyway, just because you put it on television doesn't necessarily mean a lot of people are going to watch it. The FCS football season, obviously they had the spring season. Did you know 
that it wrapped up in dramatic fashion this past weekend with the FCS championship game. I did know that. You did know that. Mm -hmm. Did you know that before they started talking about how it ended? Did you know the game was going on before the recap started? Before the highlights hit Sports Center or anything? I had seen it on. I did not watch it, but okay. I had seen it on. Okay, you had seen it on. Well, it ended up Sam Houston State won its first national title 23-21 to over South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, and they scored with like 13 seconds left in the game to, to end up winning 23-21. to um, Today, there was an article on CBS. Barrett Sally is the guy that wrote the article, and it was all about how the FCS needs to continue to do spring football because it got so many people excited about, and, and, and he wrote this in his article, you know, FCS fans may not like to hear this, but it's what some people refer to as lower tier football. No. Honestly, you had to, you had to say that? I feel like FCS fans should know uh, by now that they're not, it doesn't move the needle for most sports fans. And with FCS football being, uh, you know, being on in the spring and there being no other football, what was the assumption that we all had? Because we had had this conversation when they talked about moving it to the spring. Maybe they should do it all the time. It'll be the, its own little season and, it will, and we'll have football year round and we'll care. We'll be more invested in it than we ever were when it was going on with the FBS. That didn't happen. No, the ratings were actually worse. It didn't even it it didn't even register for most people, and I don't think that it was a good sign. Okay, uh, maybe attendance was up. I have the ratings. Oh, I have the ratings as well. Maybe the attendance was up at these games because there's no other games for you to go to. Uh, you know, he points out in the article, you know, for example, like in Georgia. Most people in Georgia are going to go to the Georgia game. They're going to drive to Athens to go to the to go to the Bulldogs game rather than hanging around Kennesaw State. But that didn't happen this year because they're you know FCS was playing at a different time. Okay, maybe the attendance was up. The eyeballs were not there Mm-mm. in the 2019 quarterfinals of the play, of of the FCS playoffs. Um, North Dakota State. Illinois State was the was the highest rated game in the quarterfinals. Had 1.7 million viewers. 1.7 million viewers. The highest rated in the 2021 spring quarterfinals. It was a close race between three games. The North Dakota State, Sam Houston State, 328,000 people. And it wasn't because it was on a lower network. It was, they're both on ESPN. Mm-hmm. They were both on the mothership. And 328,000 people watched it. We have proven this time and time and time again. We can consume football at an otherworldly rate Mm -hmm. in the fall and the winter. Yep. It does not work in the spring. The XFL worked for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. I think if it continues to work, it's only going to work because the Rock's affiliated and he can weave deals and wind up with players that you care about. That's it. Right. We don't watch football in the spring. It's so all-consuming, and we're so stuck on the draft and so so stuck on the Mm offseason. The offseason of the NFL is the second biggest season in sports. Yes. That's what gets the eyeballs. Mm -hmm. It's not, And to me, it's not even that it's a 
it's not like, that it's a lower brand of football or anything like that. The third pick in the draft played for one of these schools. Mm-hmm. It's not that, in my opinion. It's you put it on by itself, and people are they're they're mowing their grass. They're mm-hmm. they're out on boats. They're at the lake. They're doing things. The spring is just not the time that this works. No. And I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid it's going to happen to the XFL again. Right. When we it comes it. back next year, I'm afraid you're going to say, oh, everybody will be all revved up, and the ratings will be good for about that six-week period we've already seen. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And then it falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. People get too tied into their usual routine. Spring football just doesn't work. And I, the numbers haven't come back yet that I can find for this weekend's national championship They're not game. out yet. We'll It'll, know about the uh, Thursday or Friday. We should know a definitive number. Right. But it's not going to be anywhere in comparison. The 2019 championship was 2.7 million people mm-hmm. between North Dakota State and James Madison. It's going to be nowhere close to that. Well, I mean, and Because you, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know. I didn't know until Saturday I was flipping through the channels and I went, championship football, what is this? Well, and North Dakota State is the powerhouse of FCS True. football. So that's mm-hmm. where all the eyeballs come from. That's the reason the number's so high. Mm-hmm. Because they have a lot of very loyal fans out there. You didn't have that with South Dakota State and Sam Houston. Right. So and that's just, it's the way it is. You told me about this earlier and I went, I believe there's numbers that would completely uh, blow that out of the water. Because I had already heard this. Mm-hmm. The ratings were not good for FCS football when it was on television. And I get it. It was fun to, you know, it was fun to have uh, SportsCenter talk about Deion Sanders every weekend. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, it needs to go back to the way it was. There's, There's a very obvious thing that's happened to me in sports, and that is people during the last year have pruned their sports tree. And now your sports tree is what it is. If you're in the NBA you're still into the NBA Mm -hmm. football down the line, the ancillary things. It's harder to get eyeballs on. It just is. And that's what, and I warned you this was coming many years ago with major league baseball. It's just hard. Once, once people have gone through this cycle of caring and not caring, caring and not caring, it's hard to get them back that fourth time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of people that they just go, you know what? I'm so all encompassed by the NFL that I got to have some time to do something else. Between college football and the NFL, it's just hard to get anybody outside of that window. Right. We can do it for the Masters. We can do it for the NCAA tournament. We can do it for things that we come in and we can consume, and then we're out on. But sometimes you have to have your eyeballs on constantly. It just doesn't work. Yeah, spring and summer is when we uh, spend more time outdoors, and we catch up on our Netflix shows when it's too hot to go outside. (laughs) Just the way it is. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Green on Greens coming up next. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the war. 
I feel like we haven't made a betting pick on this show in like a year. I, it, it's only been a week, but I feel like it's been forever. Right. Uh, two playing games tonight, and this one's all about the numbers. The Charlotte Hornets are a one and a half point dog tonight against the Indiana Pacers. That number's wrong. Seventy-two uh, percent of the money is on the Charlotte Hornets. You know why? Because with no Karis Levert, the Pacers struggle to score, and I think that's going to be a problem. I think Lamelo Ball can have a good game in spite of Malcolm Brogdon. I'll take Charlotte plus the one and a half. I'll take them to win outright. The Boston Celtics are a two-point favorite tonight against the Washington Wizards. Fifty-five percent of the money is on Washington. Two-thirds of the side is on Washington. I think the smart money is on Boston because it seems like all of the public is on Washington. It's the wrong side. The Celtics are the more talented team. Give me Boston minus two. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up. It's yours. You don't. I got no sympathy for you. Uh, it's the fact that they're the most talented team yet the most disappointing team. They've also the been here before, season. which is important to notate. True. True, but I mean Bradley Beal and Russell Wilson. Ru- Russell Wilson, I always do that. Russell Westbrook. I mean they've been been in the playoffs before. Yeah, Russell's been there and lost a lot. Bradley Beal has not been there a lot. A couple of times, the early days of the of the John Wall Bradley Beal. It's been Wizards. quite some time. It has been. It's been what seven years, <laughs> somewhere in there. We got another hour of the program coming on the way. Stick with us. Sports Center is next. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, that means it's brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. Hey, they're talking about our uh, favorite football team on ESPN right now, the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at that. Joe Burrow came out today and said that he is good to go. He's going to be... 100% for OTAs. And they're still going to win two games. Maybe. Hey, they've got... They're they're three winnable games on that schedule. (laughs) He's all systems go. All gas, no brakes. Apparently, we are living uh, rent-free in the subreddit of the Cincinnati Bengals. Which is something nobody should have ever told me. Look, if you listen to the show, go find oh, it. 100%. I don't care if I have to go on the dark web to find it. I'm gonna. Yeah. So the reason that we talked about the Bengals so much is that, obviously, we put out the win-loss projections mm-hmm. for every team. We put out team-by-team videos. We're getting ready to do the off-season grades for every team in the NFL in the sportsocracy. Yes. I have not been particularly nice to the Cincinnati Bengals, and apparently we found out this morning from somebody that that was very nice. They just swung in. They said, howdy. You know, they hung out for a few minutes. Well, he saw all the smack that we were talking on the subreddit. Yeah. And and he said, you're living rent-free on their subreddit because they are calling you out by name regularly. (laughs) Which 
if you've listened to the show for any period of time, you probably have learned by now that I am brutally honest. Mm-hmm. I don't really. It, it, it's just one of those things. Like I always said, if I ever got my own sports show, I'm just going to be. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to be very honest. Right. And Tank has known me long enough to know that, you know, people not liking me is just something that doesn't keep me awake at night. Mm-hmm. It never has, and it probably never will. No. And so, especially when you start coming at me that way, I'll start playing into it. I'm still saying what I mean, uh-huh. but now I'm doing it in, what? how would I say this? A slightly jerkier way. Like, as if that were possible for Jeremy to be a bigger jerk. Well, no, yeah, oh, it's 100% possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Say something dumb back at me and watch what happens. Yeah. Especially if it's not true. If you can defend your stance, all the platitudes. I love fans. Fans short for fanatic. Mm-hmm. I am not a fanatic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the five guys on our show, I had the fewest wins for the New York Jets. I'm not that. I am not a homer by any stretch. And people, I, I just, the thing that's always blown my mind is what is the, what exactly are you wanting me to say? Are you wanting me to say that every team in the league is going to go 10 and 7? Because that's not physically possible. Right. Somebody has to be bad. And we what we have discovered through the course of doing this is that sometimes you get more eyeballs when you're just brutally honest and say, Hey, your team's awful, like yeah. super bad, like worst team in NFL history bad. <laughs> Which is not true about the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, see, I've never said, I have yet to say anything that was not true. I have just, you know that, that last line of defense, that filter that saves you from saying the things that you're not supposed to? Right. Mine left uh, about five days ago, uh, and I haven't found it. I, like, I, I don't know where it went. I set it down, and somebody took off with it. So now I can't stop. And they let me loose to answer the comments, which has been even more fun. <laughs> I love people that don't have faces on face or on uh, social media. Yeah. It's like, oh, so the only thing I have to go off of is what you said? This will be fun. Now I just need you to explain to me what a subreddit is. <sighs> you say things sometimes that make me angry. I love it when he gets defeated looks on his face like... I'm trying to teach this old man technology, and he doesn't understand it. You said all. something to me earlier that uh, I don't even remember what technology it was. Now, not only did you not use it correctly, you asked it in a phrase that didn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't remember now what it was, but it was something social media related, right? He, and basically, just for for the context, he basically asked me if he was doing a Facebook right, and I <laughs> and I just I let out a really <laughs> defeated sigh, and I went. Well, you were until you just said that. Right. And now you're doing it totally wrong. That's that's just a world that I've never lived in. The whole Reddit thing. Like, I remember when I first found out what it was. It was like, oh, it's like big message boards. And you can go on and you just talk about any topic you want to. And I went in and I got completely confused immediately. Because there was, there was no direction. There was not user-friendly. It was just... Oh, no, it's not user-friendly. No, no. it stinks on ice. It's like it's like trying to use uh, you know an Angel Fire website. There's the term. I yeah, didn't you remember think those? I, I didn't think. Uh, yeah. Do I remember that? Of course I remember that. <laughs> what am I saying? I you a, you I were building t- Angel Fire websites when you were in the third grade. Literally, you're not wrong. <laughs> right. You're not wrong at all. 
Uh, that's what I was about to say is that I had the level of technological savvy that you have right now when I was seven. Yeah. There's no doubt about I've it. I've always told people I was I was the nerd that got to a certain level of nerd that's like right before the level where you can make a lot of money off of it, right. and then I just stopped. And, <laughs> and then I figured out I like sports and telling jokes, and I just stopped. And then right. I've been in this weird circle of, hey, I do a lot of stuff, but I, I don't make money from it. <clears throat> right. Jack of all trades, master, master of, of none. none. Yep. Yep, yep. I have one burning question about the 2021 NFL season that I think you can lead me down the path here. What do you do with four quarterbacks on your roster? Cut Cam Newton. <laughs> that, Ding. That, there's another fan base that just loves us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I see the writing on the wall. Uh, the New England Patriots, if you have not heard the latest news, they have they have signed a familiar face. Brian Hoyer is going to be back in the quarterback room this year. 36 years old, his third stint now with the New England Patriots. And that means they now have Cam Newton, Jarrett Stead, and Brian Hoyer. Oh, and that quarterback they just drafted out of Alabama, Mac Jones. One of them makes a lot of sense to be the veteran presence behind that rookie now, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And it's not Cam Newton. No. I'm it's- telling you, Cam Newton's not going to be on this roster day one. I was a year early. I missed it last yeah. year with Jared Stidham. Yeah. He needed uh, Mac Jones to to make this decision. Mm-hmm. That's and that's another set of apologists that just detest me because I just keep telling you the facts it's, as they are stated. It's because you're a Jets fan. Because we can't accept, even though you're spitting facts at us, we cannot accept it because you're a Jets fan. Well, that's stupid. Uh, because I've been more honest about New England than anybody. Uh, yeah, they're the greatest dynasty in NFL history, and that will never be defeated. Mm-hmm. However, here's a little truth bomb. Billy Boy don't draft so well, and it's showing now that he doesn't have the greatest quarterback that's ever walked this planet. And that's where you're at. And the Cam side of this, I said this when Cam was in Carolina. This mm-hmm. has nothing to do with him being in New England. This has to do with, and he knows it too. He doesn't want to admit this, but he does. Because he signed the deal before free agency started. Mm-hmm. And what did he sign it for? It's two and a half million dollars. Million and a half in game bonuses, one million in prorated bonus. You know what that tells me? In an offseason where Andy Dalton got $10 million, he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. He knew exactly where the market was. There is no market on him mm-hmm. because he cannot throw. And so you have to have a specific kind of quarterback to pair with him. So if you're going to start him, you have to have a backup that can run that same offense. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. Mm-hmm. There's not many six five quarterbacks that are fleet of foot enough to run as often as he does. That's just not a very common thing. And he doesn't have the big arm that he used to. He used to have a cannon. He was never accurate. Mm-hmm. But he had an absolute rope. Yep. Well, he doesn't anymore. And now if Bill can say all of the mouth service that he wants to. Cam's the best quarterback on this team right now. Okay. When Mac Jones gets in the building, we can all already see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Because I very easily see a quarterback depth chart that goes Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham. No doubt. And he will walk into the season feeling just fine. That's going to be the... I think it's misguided, but he will walk into the season feeling just you think, fine. You think it's misguided to choose Mac Jones over Cam Newton? No, I think it's misguided to feel good about a quarterback room that oh. has Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, and Jared Stidham. I see what you... Okay. That makes more sense to me. I thought you were departing from 
Our common our common theme I, here has I'm been getting for more two years, more. Cam Newton doesn't need to be in the league. Well, the funny thing is I said this yesterday with absolutely no knowledge of the Brian Hoyer thing. Mm-hmm. I said this yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. I see a path where Cam Newton's not on the roster. And there are a few guys that I see a path that they are not on the current. One of them's not on a roster, period, which is Cam Newton. I see two others that are not on the roster they're currently on. Really? The first one's Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm becoming more and more convinced by the day that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be a San Francisco 49er three months from now. Now, this is, we talked about this in the sportsocracy, for, but for those of, that did not join us on the YouTube channel yesterday, which, shame on you, you should join us every weekday morning at 9 a.m. in the Wicked Weed Studios. Uh, all you have to do is just go to YouTube, find us, the sportsocracy, hit that subscribe button. You'll know every time that we go live. Um, but it's all, it all comes down to money. Mm-hmm. For the San Francisco 49ers when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, because coming up, what, week one of the season, the his, money beca- yes, his money becomes guaranteed for this year. And it's $25 million? Is that correct? Correct. They would save $25 million by just outright cutting him as of two weeks from now. You think that's the path it goes down? They I think it could him? be. And here's why I say this. I've been, I've been told things that led me down this rabbit hole. The biggest one is that they are hemorrhaged against the cap next year. They actually have less cap money next year than they have right now. Yikes. That becomes a problem when you look at who's not signed. And it's Fred Warner and a a series of other, Jaquiski Tart, a series of other guys that are contributors. And then you realize that there's a deal coming up for Mr. Bosa the year after. Mm-hmm. And so you look at this $25 million that you've got tied up in Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't genuinely feel like there's a huge difference right now between trade Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously the ceiling on Lance is much higher. Yes. I think it's a myth that Jimmy Garoppolo is this great quarterback. He's not. And I could give you stats out the wazoo. It's just nobody cares. I've never said he's a great quarterback. I don't I, think he's a good quarterback. I've never said he's a good quarterback. I think what I've always said about him is he is serviceable. And do you pay $25 million for serviceable? Absolutely not. There you go. Because right now, San Francisco basically has to make a decision. We have one of the best linebackers in the league in Fred Warner. Mm -hmm. If we have Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster, and I'm not saying that he doesn't wind up traded. How they get him out of town, I have no idea. I don't feel like he's going to be on that roster. Mm -hmm. And before anybody says, but John Lynch said, yeah, and they also floated they were taking Mac Jones. Yeah. This is not a this is not an organization that gives you a lot of information. If you remember, I tried to tell you that. Of this is a team that is so tight lipped about everything they do, and then all of a sudden, everybody in the world knew they were taking Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I said on this show that tells me it's not him, and then I fell for it, <clears throat> which still makes me angry. <laughs> you did. You fell for it like everybody else did. And so I the- just look at Garoppolo and I go, you know what? I see a path. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to be an expensive path. The only question for me is who would take the risk? Who looks at Jimmy Garoppolo and goes, it's better than what we have right now that would be willing to pay that much money? And I don't think there is anybody. No. Nobody's I don't think gonna... any team looks at Jimmy Garoppolo and goes, that's where we are away. Right. If you're going to trade him, they're going to have to come up with some kind of restructured deal or something where they pay him less, where the team picks up a large portion of his money like the Carolina Panthers did with Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to have to be something like that. It would be. It, it's hard for me to think that they would just outright cut him. 
It's not the more I've thought about it, the easier it is for me to imagine. Yeah, because I mean, they t- it's gonna cost unless you. they rework this deal, of which there's no guaranteed money left. I mean, mm-hmm. the guaranteed money is virtually all gone. All gone. San Francisco would be out a million and a half. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it would cost them to cut him mm-hmm. over the course of two years. That's that's not enough to preclude you from doing. That's it. why to me. And, he, and here's how it's going to go. Trey Lance is going to come in. They're going to go. Wow, he's so much more advanced than we thought he was. He's so good. Bye, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and I think this is possible too. A starter's either not efficient or goes down in minicamp, and somebody needs a quarterback. Yeah. And they go, we'll rework a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo that gives him a starting job. How old is Jimmy Garoppolo? 29? He's 30 this year. Is he 30 He's already 30 right now. Yeah. He's not a spring chicken. No. This but is a guy that you pretty much know what you're getting. He's not a spring chicken, but he also has a lot of football left. Uh, he does. I just think we know what he is. Mm-hmm. But I do not see any way that the San Francisco 49ers are going to pay him $25 million to be on this roster. He's, I just don't buy it. He's a Jared Goff. When I was led down the rabbit hole and I realized how many pieces of this roster have to be re-signed and how much money it's going to cost, there are no ways for them to do what Kansas City and Tampa Bay have done. Mm-hmm. Because they're at different places in the... In the contract ledger, there's just different reasons that I'm not going to get into the caponomics of this. Right. It just doesn't work. And so you can tell me he's going to be your starter all you want to. I don't buy it. Right. There's one other thing that I I have said it on the sportsocracy. I want it out there on this show. Okay. Just so when it happens, and it may not, but a little birdie. Watch Deshaun Watson be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Just remember I said it. You're going to think about it. You're going to go, that's dumb. And then you're going to think about it. And you're going to go, huh. Maybe that's not as dumb as it sounds. Because with Deshaun Watson, this is a team that would contend for the NFC East. Mm -hmm. Without him, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And right now, you could get Deshaun Watson for 25 cents on the dollar because of the legal issues and you don't know where things are going. I I will tell you this. Every person I've talked to has said he's going to play somewhere week one. And I'm becoming less and less convinced that it's Houston because you remember when we were talking about the, the calls were happening, but they wouldn't answer the phone. Yep. That stopped because now the calls have stopped and they want the phone to ring because they're done. Houston's over it. This has become a circus. And David Culley's tried to tell you, Nick Casario's tried to tell you. And everything I've heard around the league is there's one team left that could make this move. And it makes so much sense because of who they are and what they've done over the course of time. Just remember, this is the team that was there when Michael Vick got out of federal prison. Having some sketchy things in your past has never precluded Philadelphia from taking a chance on you. And I'm just saying, I want it out there that I said it. May not happen. Might be wrong. But you take Davis Mills being the first pick of the Houston Texans. They have Tyrod Taylor. And you start going, huh. A team with limited draft capital took a quarterback at the beginning of the third round that a lot of teams believed in. Why would you do that when you have that many holes on that roster? Why would you put all these veterans around? Oh. Oh. Because you're getting to complete, you're getting ready to completely reset the decks. And the only way you do that is you get Deshaun Watson out of town. There's only one buyer left. And the price is going to be markedly less than you think it is. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. You're in the Sports Tank on ESPN Asheville. You're in the Sports Tank. Take all this. 
Burn it. Okay? Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. Okay? All right, I got to continue down this path with you, Jeremy, on the quarterbacks changing teams. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Deshaun Watson, I, I, we're not going to get into that. We've had our discussions about that. I still don't think anything is going to happen with him until all of this stuff down in Houston is cleared up. I disagree with you. But with vehemently, actually. <laughs> but with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's left? Who's left in the quarterback market? Who would take a flyer on him? I don't really know the answer to that. That's the reason I'm saying he's not traded. I think he's outright cut. Right. Who would take a shot on him? I it wouldn't shock me if New England did. Mm-hmm. Added him to the room, just somebody that Bill's comfortable with. Wouldn't shock. Mm-hmm. But he. But in that scenario, do you think he comes in and starts? No. He would back up Mac Jones. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a backup no matter what happens. Really? I think even if he stays as a 49er, he's still the backup. Is this his... I disagree with that fully. If he's on this team, he's playing. If they're paying him okay. $25 million, they're not playing Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. You're going to have a $25 million quarterback. Uh, $25 million backup quarterback? Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's insane to me. Why would you do that? Why would you throw an inexperienced quarterback to the Wolves when you've got a veteran already there that you're paying $25 million to? Do me a favor. Yeah. Name me the last top three quarterback that didn't start really early. And I mean really early. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one. I can't either. Uh, there's one in my mind, and it's Philip Rivers. He sat behind Drew Brees. True. Do you know how long ago that was? 18 years. 17. 17 years. And he was the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. In a trade where they got more draft capital to trade Eli Manning. Yeah. I it just have... doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. But there again, Philip Rivers... Sat because they already had a veteran on the team. It was good. That's the part that you're leaving out. Jimmy Garoppolo is grossly overrated and has been for a long time. And he's injury prone, and the injury will guarantee all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, you watch San Francisco do something with him. This doesn't make sense. I'm saying the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree with you on him moving on. I'm just saying if he's still on this roster, there's no chance to me that Trey Lance is starting over here. I'm saying the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo that I was saying about Mac Jones when they were floating that. Mm -hmm. That's who we're taking. Uh, Well, that doesn't make any sense. And you know what? This is my favorite line in the world. When you hear hoofbeats, it's a lot more rational to horses, not zebras. Right. Well, I'm hearing hoofbeats, and everybody's trying to sell me on zebras. And it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, would it be possible for him to find a landing spot with your New York Jets? Possibly. That As was actually one that I wanted to talk about. Because I think that would make... That's the one that just makes all the sense in the world because the Jets have the money. Mm-hmm. And he's got the offensive coordinator to you know that, that worked he knows. with him last year. Yeah, it exactly. Makes, I was. I'm glad you said that uh-huh. because I was going down that that little rabbit hole. I mean, it's one of the only holes that you can find in the league for him. Think about it. The Jets have made virtually no efforts to bring in a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
Is there any shot that they don't? No, they have to. Who are they the most comfortable with? Nick Mullins. Then more than Jimmy Garoppolo that started? The- no, 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 no. I'm saying right now the the guys that are no, available. I'm, I'm not talking about available. I'm talking okay. about who is the guy that makes the in a dream scenario who makes the most sense? Oh yeah, be Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah, because if Zach Wilson comes in and you go, he's not ready to start yet. Mm-hmm. You throw out Jimmy. Jimmy plays some games, and who knows? Maybe he's really good. That could happen. Because the Jets have all kinds of money, right? Because the San Francisco does not. Because what I was saying was the the guy that out there that is out there on the market right now that has been tied to them is Nick Mullins. They haven't even spoken to him, have they not? No. Hmm. It's been rumored for it a long been. time, and that's actually what got me started thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And then I came across an article, and then I sent a couple text messages, and I went, "How did I not see this? How did I not see this? This has been I, I've been looking for zebras for weeks, right?" And there's been a horse standing right beside me. Mm-hmm. So it makes all the sense in the world. There's no way you're going to ask a rookie coach in Rob Salah to come in with a, a rookie quarterback and a second-year guy backing him up. Mm-hmm. And the third-string guy is somebody that's never taken a snap in the NFL. That makes no sense. The what number- makes all the sense is you bring in a guy that knows this offense backwards and forwards. No doubt. And I'll tell you another part of this that I hadn't even thought about. Okay. They brought in Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld's a really cheap veteran backup Mm -hmm. that if you needed him to, there are a lot of people in the NFL that think Nate Sudfeld could be a starter. That last week in in Philadelphia, notwithstanding, I understand he was awful. He was put in a horrible position running a a scheme that was meant for Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Of course he looked awful. I didn't even think about that until somebody pointed it out to me, and I went, I've been looking for zebras. <laughs> There's been a horse the whole time just sitting here banging his feet into the ground. Yep. You got caught looking for zebras. Or hooves. Because there's, there's just not another spot no. in the entire league. I mean, you look at the only other one that's always been talked about in the quarterback chase is Denver. I don't think they're doing anything short of Aaron Rodgers. Anything That's, short of being the, the able Denver to get the thing is so funny to me. Do you realize they are the ninth most likely team according to Vegas to win the Super Bowl this year? Yep. And it's only because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Because as long as that's floating out there, that that could be a possibility that the Green Bay Packers may not be able to patch things up with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to they have will. to Of course they will. Of course they're going to do it. Because they have to. Mm-hmm. Gutekunst is not going to sit there and, and flip the finger at Aaron Rodgers oh, no, as much ex- as he wants oh, no, to. That's exactly what he's doing. He's doing it right now for one very specific reason. Because I can. Because you don't have any other options. Because you're stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Sorry about it. Because Aaron Rodgers cares more about his legacy than he wants you to think. Of course he does. That's been the one thing. I mean, who was it the other day? Oh, it was uh, Brett Favre. Saying the other day, he knows Aaron Rodgers pretty well. And the one thing that he cares about is legacy. And it's going to look bad on him if he just decides to up and quit because he doesn't like the way things are going. Sorry on you, Aaron. You're kind of stuck in this scenario. But what I was saying was that Gutekunst is not going to sit there and or he's he's not going to ship him out of town or cut him or whatever. It's got to be we got to swallow this frog and be together. Because otherwise, he's going to be looking for a new job. 
That GM is going to be out of a job if Aaron Rodgers is not on the field for the Green Bay Packers this year. I don't know that I agree with that. There are still ways that could turn out okay, but it's not going to happen. But if it, okay, if Aaron Rodgers is not on the field for the Green Bay Packers this year, how good is that team? Better than the Bears and better than the Lions. Okay. So after saying goodbye to Aaron Rodgers and they wind up a seven-win team, you think he still survives I after that? I think they're overrating all of this. Okay. I think the Aaron Rodgers thing has been blown out of proportion, and the fact we're still talking about it mm-hmm. is because you have two people that do not want to make a move. You know, And I have to say this. I feel like I've said this 50 times, but I have to say it again. <laughs> okay. Have you noticed that Aaron hasn't said anything? Mm-hmm. It's real easy to walk back things that are floated through the media. It's real hard to walk back things when you say them. He's had every opportunity. He has the best media platform in the world. He has a standing invitation to do the most popular sports show in the country every Wednesday. You noticed he hasn't said he hadn't done it. You noticed he hasn't talked to anybody. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Hard to walk it back when you said it. Real easy to walk it back when it was just out there. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. (sighs) When are baseball players going to learn? When will baseball players learn that if you're going to punch things, you don't punch them with your pitching hand. We all saw the movie Bull Durham, all of us except for Jeremy. Never seen it. So irritating. Anyhow, we all saw the scene where Crash Davis, Kevin Costner's character, gets into it with Tim Robbins, Nuke Lelouch, gets into a drunken bar fight, and he asks him, which hand did you hit me with? Did you hit me with your right or your left? When he tells him he hit him with his left, he said, "Good, because you know when you get in a fight with a bar, you know, with a drunk at a bar, you don't hit him with your pitching hand. Well, you definitely don't hit inanimate objects that are harder than your hand with your pitching hand." And that's exactly where the Atlanta Braves, uh, Huascar Yunoa, finds himself today after he punched the dugout bench and broke his pitching hand following Sunday's start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he is going to be sidelined, quote, at least a couple of months, according to manager Brian Snicker. Snicker could only say it's a shame. Probably nobody that feels any worse than him. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine so. The kid's got a broken hand. Now he's going to be out for an extended period of time. The Braves had to place him on the 10-day IL. And if he has not already been assigned to go home and watch Bull Durham, then Brian Snicker is managing his team wrong. Kara Louise of Bedfordshire, uh, England. I guess this is it, yeah, it's in the UK. It's a, so it's a shire. It's got to be England. Yeah, it's a shire. So sure, why not? <laughs> uh, she made a boo boo, and she was almost arrested for it. Her son is five years old, and mm-hmm. he's in a dressing up for everything phase. Okay, so they had a party, and it was a Halloween party. Well, she didn't get around to dealing with the decorations. So she bagged up this full-length body thing that was sitting outside her house in a trash bag. And she wrapped duct tape around its feet 
and around its waist and around its neck and left it in the front yard. And her neighbors called the cops because they thought she had left a dead body in her front yard. (laughs) Miss Louise said, my five-year-old boy's really into dressing up for every occasion, so we did the inside up, and he dressed to the nines. Yeah. So the prop in the garden was part of our theme. I had just wrapped it up and hadn't thought about it. Eight cops swarmed her house, cut this thing open, and realized it was a dummy. My question would be, I'm sharing this on my Twitter right now, at ESPN. How in the world did you not think there's a story to that? There has to be. Mm-hmm. First of all, if that's a, you'd be the worst killer in the history of time. It's laying in the front yard. All right, all right. Here you go. Just going to play devil's advocate here. Your neighbor has something that looks like a body wrapped in a trash bag laying in the front yard. You're going to go ask questions? I didn't you're say go, I'd ask questions. <laughs> I was going to say, nope. you're going to go knock on the door and be like, uh, there's got to be a story. Please tell me the story. It's I'm going to be honest with no, you. If I don't notice anything my neighbors do. <laughs> I would be the ideal neighbor to have for this because I would just go, huh, Look, that, that looks weird. Back to my phone. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Uh, oh, are you I mean, one of those I'd call the cops? Oh, no, people? I wouldn't call the cops. Because uh, you don't want to get involved. No, I would go over to the to the other neighbor's house and be like, hey, did you see that thing out in the front yard? You think you actually think that's a dead body? Is that, I mean, it's a trash can or a, or a trash bag. Looks like a body in there. Maybe we should do something about that? Why don't you call the cops? Yeah, because I don't want my name on that police report. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I, I, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. There is... There is very little that you could do that would ever get me to call the cops. This is not going to happen. I'm just not that. Right. I'm not that observant for one. First of all, my neighbors could do this for six months at a time, and I would. It would probably take me that long to go. Huh, I wonder what that is. <laughs> just don't care. If you ever want to get any get away with anything, move in next to Jeremy. I would be a great neighbor to have because I simply. Do not pay enough attention. Yeah. And just mind your own business. No, I just do to do to do. I don't I, know my neighbors' names. I really don't. I know I, I, there's of all the, because we live in a development. Mm-hmm. I know the neighbor across the street. That is it. I don't know anyone else. I couldn't tell you one name of one human. And there's probably, what are there, 50 houses in my development right there? Yeah. They're pretty well spread out, though. Not really for me. I could hit two of them with a baseball. <laughs> I have no idea what their names are. Right. None. And I'll bet you they don't know my name. What are either. their nicknames? No, don't tell us their nicknames. I don't know. If who- you don't know their names, everybody knows. If you don't know your neighbor's names, you, they, you've got nicknames for them. Nope, because I don't care. <laughs> Genuinely don't. Genuinely don't. Really? Nope. Okay. I don't know what cars go where. Cars pass my house. I'm like, oh, they... They must live here because I've seen that car 40 times. Right. But I don't know where it goes. Right. Because I don't care. <laughs> nice. I just don't care. So when your neighbor puts out a uh, something that looks like a body in a trash bag, you're just going to let it go? I'd you're walk just, right by it. Just, I'd walk the dog right by it. Hey, that's a cool decoration. And if my dog didn't even acknowledge it, I'd go, all right. That's not what I thought it was. Keep going. Go on, Mamba. Eight cops swarmed this woman's house. Yep. 
for basically a, to bot- a body pillow wrapped in duct tape and and trash bag. Oh no, it was actually a. I mean, it was a it was a mannequin that looked. No, like it was a, person. a mannequin. Yeah. Okay. And then they checked her trash bins, and apparently she was very nervous when they showed up, and she didn't answer the questions really well, well as you would be. Eight cops swarm my house, and they're very standoffish, I'm sure, at this point, because there is a suspected dead body in your front yard. (laughs) This is one of my favorite parts of the story. She said, I do remember the police asking about the prop, and she said, how did you think this could be a person with legs that short? Their response was, you might have cut them. You might cut their legs Yeah. She said, oh, did you check my trash bins? That was her response. That's not the right response. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. That's not the right call. Apparently, they said, well, should we? <laughs> we're going to now. That's all, well, we're going to now. <laughs> Thanks. You're making this very difficult. You ever heard the term probable cause? Like We know we know the situation now. <laughs> we have five people calling. There's a dead body in my neighbor's driveway. Now we have to eliminate all the things. Uh-uh-uh. I had I wanted to do stuff today. You know, now part, I'm searching your house to figure out if you're a serial killer. After hearing this story, part of me thinks, mind your business, neighbors. But then the other part of me thinks, that could have been real. And that's just not something, I mean, that's going to drive property values down. You can't have dead bodies laying on the That's the what yard. you're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homeowner now. I have to think about these things. That's what you're worried about. Indeed. By the way, if you haven't seen the picture of uh, Mike Davis from Atlanta Falcons OTAs, no, he's never skipped leg day. I'm sharing that on my Twitter right now at Jager and ESPN. Mike Davis has quite possibly the biggest legs I've ever seen in my life. Bigger than Saquon? Yes. Wow. By a decent amount too. Hmm. He has never once skipped a leg day, and he hasn't skipped that many arm days. You think it's going to work? You think he's going to be good in Atlanta? I think they obviously believe it's going to work mm-hmm. because they didn't even put in a claim on Reichwell Armstead, and they could have. Not saying he's great, but right. he's at least a young running back. He is young. He is a young running back. He filled in good for Christian McCaffrey last year in Carolina. So. Oh, I was talking about Reichwell Armstead. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mike No, Davis I mean, Mike still. Davis is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. It's another guy in fantasy. I'm going to try to give one fantasy football nugget every day. Okay. That's another guy. He's going way too low. He's going to go way too low. Ninth round, tenth round, you take the three, you can get him? Uh, if he gets to the eighth, uh, he's going to be on my team. All right. There are a lot of running backs I like a lot more this year than than many others do. I'll give the same one I gave out this morning. Uh, Dalvin Cook should be the number one pick in every fantasy football draft, and you shouldn't think about it for more than about two seconds. More than CMC? Yes. Wow. I don't know that I agree with that. Chuba Hubbard's going to cut into his work. You mark my words. Really? And just think about Minnesota. I mean, actually They've should. built a whole offensive line to run the ball. You're right about that? Dalvin Cook's my one, and it's not even all that close. Hmm. CMC's my two. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Zach Ertz says he's not going to be showing up to camp. Are we shocked by that? Uh, no, in Philadelphia, not. I had a response. Uh, thank you. <laughs> we have tried to trade you to anyone that will take our phone calls. And nobody will. What? I don't understand that. 
What the Philadelphia was trying to so apparently Philadelphia has been trying to trade him mm-hmm. and nobody'll take him. I would think for sure that Zach Ertz would be worth a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, something. I'm going to say a word that I've said to you way too many times yeah. and you don't seem to be getting it. Uh-huh. Money. <laughs> 12 million dollars too much for Zach Ertz? Yes. It's absolutely too much. He's the third highest paid guy on the team. Mm-hmm. But he's also one of the best tight ends in the league. Mm. I mean, I get he had a bad year last year. He only had what? Like Everybody 50? had a bad year last right. year. Right. He only had like 50 catches last year, 300 yards, something like that. It wasn't good, obviously. But, I mean, the last four years, it's him and Travis Kelsey. They've been the one and two. He's also 31 years old. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who think it's, I would do it. Be honest with you, when we do my expansion, and my expansion team for NFLDraft.net, I would rest probably pretty sure that Zach Ertz is going to be one of the players on my team. Absolutely. Because I would take him. If money was no thing. Yeah. The St. Louis Sasquatches. I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like you're New York Jets. Y'all could use a tight end. You got the money? Yeah, we're good with Chris Herndon. <laughs> and Kitty Yaboa. beating that drum. Oh, yeah. Still on the Chris Herndon train. Oh, I will Herndon die on train. that shield. Have no fear. I will <laughs> die on the Chris, on the Chris train. Herndon train. I, I just don't understand it. I, I mean, I understand that some teams will look at it and go, $12 million, we don't have $12 million. Well, I can tell you a lot of teams that called. They, should, they, should they wanted it. him to rework the deal, and he basically went, man, I'm not going to do that. Man, that's the reason. I, the Chargers called, the Bills called, several teams that missed out on Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith Yeah, called. And no, he doesn't want, want to rework his deal. There are a lot of people that think he will never get back to being a number one level tight end. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those. I think everything that happened in Philadelphia last year was a dumpster fire. Yeah. And I'm trying not to hold that against players, but it tells me a lot when every team in the NFL just goes, nah, we're good. Especially with how many could use him. Yeah. If he's even 75% of what he was, the team that his best friend went to, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, you think he'd be a little better than Jack Doyle? Right. I would think so. I heard they tried to put him in the Wentz deal, and Indianapolis went, no, we're good. Really? We're good with Jack Doyle and Mo Alleycox. That's that's fine. <laughs> but that tells me there's probably something there that I'm not him. seeing. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. I know there's been injury things. and There has been, and he slowed down. It was obvious last year that he was slowed down, but he was hurt. But maybe that's it. Maybe they just feel like he'll never be healthy again. And eventually everybody gets to that point. Eventually everybody gets to the point where I'm never going to be 100% again. So many people make it a big deal out of LeBron James saying that a couple of weeks ago. Who thought he was ever going to be back at 100% again? Nobody. I mean, not me. He's 36 years old. 30? Mm-hmm. No. 36. You're right. Is he 36? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's 36 years old. Of course LeBron James is never going to be 100% again. Stop asking him that question. It's ridiculous. So maybe that's where they're at with Zachers. I still think he'd be worth something, but apparently not. I can't wait to see where it goes. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Coming up after the break, we will uh, we'll tell you about the St. Louis Sasquatches. Uh, and, the Sasquatch. Yeah, we'll talk some boxing as well to close out the program. You're in the Sports Tank. Ice up, son. Ice up. 
It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And we may not get to see the Tyson Fury-Anthony Joshua unification bout of the heavyweight titles coming up this August like they announced, oh, yesterday. Uh, we found out that August 14th apparently was the day that they were going to have the Fury-Joshua fight in Saudi Arabia to unify all of the heavyweight titles. Joshua's got three of them. Tyson Fury has the most important one. Uh, <laughs> and, however, though, a an arbitrator, retired Judge Daniel Weinstein, has now granted an injunction request by Deontay Wilder to enforce the provision in their original contract between Wilder and Fury for a third fight. And that the fight has to be done before September the 15th. I'll believe it when I see it. What's the next step? Where do they go from here? The biggest thing is that there was a, an opening for them to, for the, the two camps to file an extension. Mm-hmm. So if they can agree to a fee for Deontay Wilder, it's called a step-aside fee, basically. Okay. And basically what it is is that, yes, we know you're the one that would be entitled to this and blah, 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 blah. What would it cost for you to get out of the way? Well, here's the thing. There's a $155 million site fee negotiated for the Joshua fight in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest site fee ever. And Bob Arum said, we're not paying Deontay Wilder to step aside. It's better to get rid of him and go about our business. We can make the Fury Joshua fight for November or December. Right. Okay. And you would be 100% right, except for the fact that that fee will go away if you lose. Mm Mm-hmm. I, there is no shot of them just going, nope, that's fine. We'll fight you and risking it. Mm-hmm. That could be a $100 million risk, and I just don't think you're going to do it. Right. Because if you're not unifying the titles, then there's really no allure to that fight. We all know mm-hmm. Deontay Wilder is a better fighter than Anthony Joshua. What you're looking for is the unification of the belts, and if that's not a thing, which it wouldn't be if you're a lost to Wilder, then all of those things go away. Yeah. So I, the thing you have to understand about the boxing game is that the number one thing you have to follow is the money trail because that's where every there's so many hands in this between promoters and it, it just all of the things that go into a boxing match being put on. I refuse to believe that they will risk that. I would think Deontay Wilder would step aside. Well, the and problem wait for his shot. I mean, let Fury go and for the uh, right price he will. Well, yeah, and I mean, he basically made that clear. Yeah, for the I, right price, I will step aside and let you do what you want to do. Then we can fight at the end of the year. I mean, I think we all believe that Tyson Fury is going to have all those titles after the Anthony Joshua fight. I mean, we've thought that many times. Boxing's true. fun like that. It's true. You get a Hasim Rockman every once in a while, and, and I got news <laughs> for you: Anthony Joshua is a way better fighter. Right now, I don't think. Tyson Fury can be caught the way that Lennox Lewis was in that fight, and mm-hmm. I could give you twenty more examples just like that. Right. But why would you why would you risk it? But would it not be a bigger fight if all the belts are on the line? Yes, but you would have to. It, now you're running into a risk with Deontay Wilder too. If Tyson Fury were to get beat by Anthony Joshua, well, him and Joshua is not the same draw because Joshua is not the same draw that Fury is. If Fury loses. Now that fight's gone, and now I have to fight Anthony Joshua for less, right? And hope that Fury can build himself back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of risks here, and that's the thing. I 
Never understood why you didn't just get this contract. Said it a long time ago. And now we're finding out why. Well, in the meantime, it looks like Joshua's fight is uh, trying to put together a bout for around the same time that this Fury Wilder 3 fight would be. He's looking at Alexander Usyk. I'll believe that when (laughs) When I I see that. (laughs) Oh, the St. Louis Sasquatches are going to take the NFLDraft.net website by storm. Jeremy, what is... Or what are the St. Louis Sasquatches? Well, that is the tentative name of my 33rd expansion team. So basically what I'm going to do is, it's something that I've, I've always toyed with this idea, and people have done it in the past. Basically, we're going to have a, a, a mock expansion draft, and this is going to be the official team of NFLDraft.net. And it's just, it'll be fun, you know, just funny, stupid content, honestly. But it also gives me the ability to say every year, this is I'll put the team in the 17th pick every year. Uh-huh. And this is who I would have taken in that pick. So it's real easy for me to go, these are the guys I was dead in the wool convinced on. And as time goes on, I'll either look really dumb or I'll look pretty smart. And I'm hoping that it's I will look pretty smart. And if you're sitting there asking yourself, what is NFLDraft.net? That is the new website that we have procured. And uh, it is going to be just like NBADraft.net. It's going to be your one-stop shop for mock drafts and analysis on all of the all of the prospects coming into the NFL year in and year out. It goes live on August 1st. It will be all of those things. And we are soliciting names for the prospective team. My name is the St. Louis Sasquatch. Because uh, I don't know if it's Sasquatches or Sasquatchy. Uh, <laughs> but we're soliciting names, so feel free to send those to me at Jay Green ESPN. You can send them to our Facebook at The Sportocracy, or you can tweet them at The Sportocracy. We'll see you tomorrow morning in The Sportocracy from the Wicked Weed Studio. Check us out on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button.